Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Call our attention to the book of Acts again. We're going to be looking in Acts chapter number 20. We're going to read one verse and uh, lay some groundwork as to the means of grace that we are going to be looking at today. We began this study the last two weeks. We looked at what is meant by means of grace. What, what are we talking about when we're mentioning the means of grace? It is tangible things that God has afforded His children, that God has given His children, that they can actually look at, they can feel, they can touch, they can be part of. It's things that we can... We can see the working of the grace of God in our life. We looked at last week what some of those means are and the ordinary means of grace in which we're going to be digging into. We looked at last week and considered the fact that God can perform His grace in our life by whatever means He chooses to do. And there are times in our individual lives that maybe things have taken place, maybe things that have happened that we have turned around and we have mentioned and we have said at the end of that, that was the grace of God. Maybe it was God taking care of us through a particular situation that was for us as an individual. But there are some things that God does as an ordinary means of grace that He does corporately that are used over and over in a child of God's life to give them something tangible that they can look at and they can recognize and they can see the grace of God in their life. One of the things that we are to be drawn to as the children of God is we are to be drawn to the fact that God is gracious to us, that God is performing His grace for us. We're going to be looking at this morning, the Lord being our helper, at the fact of the Lord's Day and it being used as a means of grace. Our coming together, our being here this morning, and, and I know that we, we come together this time every week, but when we actually come here, when we actually meet together, did we come this morning understanding that our being together this morning is a means by which God is giving us a tangible place to recognize and experience His grace? God is demonstrating His grace to us in the very fact that we are together around His Word this morning. It's, it's 
it's important that we come together. It's important that we recognize these things. And there's some particular things in this that I want us to understand. I want us to know uh, the confession that we hold to as Gospel Way Baptist Church is the 1689. And in that confession, and, and if you don't understand what a confession is, that confession is where people before us have come together and they've written down this is what we believe and this is why we believe what we believe. I think the reason most of the time that we find ourselves in situations that somebody says and makes a statement, well, that's what I was always taught. That's what grandma and grandpa always told me. We, we need to know what we believe and we need to know why we believe what we believe. And one of the ways that we do that is through having confessions. It, these confessions, when we hear the word confession, many times we get antsy. Because we, we think of one group of people that deals with confession. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that those before us have written down this is what we believe and this is why we believe what we believe. The 1689, if you read the first portion of it, it tells us that our final authority is the Scripture. But as we look at this confession, it is a means of Scripture being drawn out and laid before us, and this is why we believe what we believe. That is the reason that we adhere to the 1689, because we believe it is the closest to what the Word of God teaches as believers that we are to adhere to and understand. That being said, I want to read this this morning, read uh, two uh, paragraphs, if you will, Dealing with the Lord's Day. It says, Under the gospel, neither prayer nor any other aspect of religious worship is tied to or made more acceptable by any place in which it is performed. You say, what's that talking about? It, what, what that's telling us this morning is it does not matter if we're meeting in a storefront like we are or if we're meeting in a cathedral, as some may be. It is uh, the worship that we have before God, this religious worship, is not tied to or made more acceptable by any place in which it is performed or toward which it is directed says here, God is to be worshipped everywhere in spirit and in truth, whether daily, in private families, or in individual, in secret, or solemnly in public assemblies. That solemnly in public assemblies, it says here, the latter are not, the careless, not to be carelessly neglected, nor willfully forsaken because God calls us 
to them by his word and his providence. And then I, I want us to get this this morning. As it is the law of nature that a portion of time by God's appointment should be set apart for worship of God. There's a, there's a, a, a period of time that should be set aside. So in His Word, He has given us a positive, moral, and perpetual command binding all people in all ages. In particular, He has appointed one day in seven as a Sabbath to be kept holy unto Him. From the beginning, don't miss this, okay? Because this is what we're going to hinge on this morning. From the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, this was the last day of the week. But from the resurrection of Christ, it, is, it was changed to the first day of the week, which is called the Lord's Day. This is to be continued unto the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath. The observation of the last day of the week being abolished. I asked my wife the question as we left the house this morning. I said, why do we worship on Sundays? I mean, why do we come to church on Sundays? Why is it not Mondays? Why is it not Tuesday? Why is it not Saturday? Why do we come to church on Sunday? We come to church on Sunday because God has given us that as a means of grace. And you're going to understand when we get to the end of this message, you're going to understand why God has given us this day, this time, as a period of time in which He demonstrates His grace. Let's read what it says here in Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 7. This is where we've been looking at and we've been using as a springboard maybe to deal with all of the messages that we've dealt with so far. There's Paul is making his final rounds as it will be. He's making his final rounds by the churches. He comes to Ephesus. He commends them unto God, and he does all of this. As we come to verse number 7, we find out the time and period in which he does this. In verse number 7, it said, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together, what did they come together for? To break bread. They came together to break bread. Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech unto the midnight. Now, we're not going to stay here till midnight this morning, so you don't have to worry about that. We're not, I don't have that much, but I do have some things that I want to give you this morning, and I think some things that will be of interest to you. That being said, I want us to, in what we read from the confession, what was instituted from the beginning, until the resurrection of Christ was the seventh day. That was instituted for what reason? 
That was instituted because in creation, God performed a work. And after God performed His work in those six days, the Bible tells us on the seventh day, God rested. And from that point on, He established, and He even gave uh, in the law, He gave Exodus chapter number 20, He gave the command there that the Sabbath was to be remembered. There was a reason for that. In fact, the reason, in fact, we, if we go back to Genesis chapter number 2 and we read about where God established the, the day of rest, and that's what it was about. Don't miss that. Don't miss the fact that that day that God established was for what? For rest. Don't miss that because if you miss that, you're going to miss the key as to why God has given that and also given us the first day of the week. There's an area that we need to rest. And, and we'll, we'll cover that. We'll look at that. But as we look back in Exodus chapter number 20, that seventh day was given and they were to rest. They were to rest after their labor. During the law, they were to rest after their labor. They were to rest in doing what? They were to rest remembering what? Remembering God. It, it, it was all a call back to remember who created everything. It was all a call back to see God. It was a call back to remember the promises of God. They were called together not just to have a day that they didn't have to work. They were called together to solemnly remember the labor that had gone on before them. To understand that there were some things done that, could, that they could not have done themselves. God had given them rest. In Matthew chapter number 28, in fact, turn there with me, if you will, in the book of Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 1, we find that there is, uh, Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 1, there's something that takes place. There's something that changes, and we read about it in the confession. There's something that changed. They were having to remember the seventh day. They were remembering that God created all things and on the seventh day God rested. And God were, was calling them to remember that rest. And that rest was in God. In Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 1, we read these words, if I can get there. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 1. It said, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Why were they coming there? What was their purpose in coming? What? They had come to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. What had they done previous to coming to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were coming to anoint His body. They were coming to anoint Him with what? They had, 
they had prepared spices to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was in the tomb for how long? Three days and three nights. So he had been placed in the tomb. They were preparing the ointment, but they could not come on the second day he was there. Why? Because they had been instructed not to do any labors on the Sabbath. They were, they were to remember what God had done in creation. They were to remember what God was doing. And that brought them to the sepulcher early on the morning of the third day. Why is it important that they came early in the morning on the third day? Because if they had come the second day, he still would have been there. But they came early in the morning on the third day. And what did they find? The stone was rolled away. And they looked in and he was gone. The grave clothes lay where they lay, but Christ was grown. It said in the end of the Sabbath, it's important that we don't miss that. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, they could not have come before, but now they come on the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord ascended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. Why? For he is risen. At the resurrection of Christ, everything changed. They were no longer instructed to rest after the labor. They were instructed to rest before the labor. After the resurrection of Christ, because of His finished work, because of what he did. What did we see in the book of Genesis? In the book of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the animals. God created the beasts of the field. God created the fowls of the air. God created the fish of the sea. God created the herbs of the field. God created all of these things. And after his creation, after his work, he rested. What did Jesus come to do? He came to bleed, to die, and to pay the penalty of our sins. The Lord Jesus Christ came and took upon himself the wrath of God on our behalf. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. He was buried. And three days he lay in the tomb. But early on the first day he rose again. 
And after he had finished his labor, where do we find the Lord Jesus Christ? We find him seated on the right hand of the Father. After he has finished his work, he is resting. And you and I are instructed to find rest in what he's done before we begin our labor. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why do we come on the first day of the week? We come on the first day of the week because the first day of the week is a call for us to remember the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you come to a household of faith, if you come to a place, remember it is not in the place, is it? Isn't that what we were instructed? It's not in the place, but we've come together for what purpose? We've come together to worship God. You did not come here this morning to serve God. You came here this morning to worship God. And if someone is not pointing you to that person to worship, they're not pointing you in the right direction. If you're not being pointed to the rest that you can find in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not being pointed in the right direction. The book of Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 1 tells us early in the first morning. The book of Mark chapter 16 and verse number 2 tells us they came early on the first morning. And Luke chapter 24 and verse number 1, and I know these are accounts of the same thing, but Luke chapter number 24 and verse number 1, they came early on the first morning. John chapter number 20 and verse number 1, they came early on the first morning. And in Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 7, they came early on the first morning. Why? To break bread. And to do what? To commune around the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called together this morning to point one another to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not called together this morning to point you to your failures of which we all have plenty. I am, I am commended and I am commanded this morning to point you and to point myself to the one that has taken care of all things for us. I told my wife this morning, when do I labor best? When do you labor best? You labor best after you've had what? Rest. What have we come together this morning for? We've come together this morning to find rest. Is that not what Jesus Christ... Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. He bled, He died, He was buried, He resurrected. And we see Him seated on the right hand of the Father. And Jesus told them that He went to prepare a place for them. Jesus told them before He ever left, He said, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We find rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find rest in what He's accomplished. We find rest in what He's done. 
We come together on the morning that we've come together. We come together on the first of the week to point ourselves and to recognize once again the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not only to recognize the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we are to recognize that, that already and not yet. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am already resurrected. And I am already resurrected unto what? Unto good works. I am resurrected unto good works in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, I, I know that there's coming a day when that final resurrection will take place and we will be with the Lord, but I'm telling you this morning that Jesus Christ has brought us together on Sunday mornings as we come together. And I've said last week and I'll say again this week there's something special about Sunday mornings. We enjoy Sunday evenings, we enjoy Wednesday evenings as we come together. We enjoy the time that we get together around the Word of God on Thursdays. But there's something different when we come together on Sunday mornings. Why? Because God has given us that point. And God has given us that time as an ordinary means of His grace. Where God grows us through His grace. Whose workmanship are we? We are His workmanship. What? We are created in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that word created mean? What happened in creation? It was the beginning of all things. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That created in Christ Jesus is that we have begun in Christ unto good works. We're called together this morning, together around the Word of God, that we can be pointed to what Jesus Christ has done and is doing through our lives. We went to the, the deal they had in Landis. We were, we were there with the grandchildren, and, and we were taking them around. Andrew had came down and brought his two sons, and we had uh, Jeffrey and Lindsay's children, and, and we had all the grandchildren. We were going around and, and enjoying some things that they had there. We were taking pictures of the grandchildren while they were on rides, and they were doing different things they were doing. But there was something else that I took a picture of. I took a picture of my wife as she was, she wasn't there where I was, and she didn't even know I was taking the picture. But I took a picture as she was having, having conversations with two ladies in a line that they were waiting on for an event that was taking place. The reason I took that picture is because that was ordinary. There wasn't anything extraordinary going on there. But do you know what God was allowing my wife to do while that was going on? He was allowing her to demonstrate the grace of God to others. How did she do that? She allowed them to be in front of the... She had six grandchildren. She said, no, y'all go in front of us. What was she doing? She was demonstrating the grace of God. Yeah. Not even knowingly. 
That wasn't that, that it wasn't some some billboard that somebody was shining, hey, I'm showing the grace of God over here. But God calls us together on mornings like this when we can gather together around the Word of God so that we can go out and labor during the week and we can go out and do those things during the week so that we can demonstrate the same grace of God that we find when we gather on Sunday mornings around the Word of God. And that, that grace that we find on Sunday mornings, is all found in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why do we meet together on Sunday mornings? We meet together on Sunday mornings to remind ourselves, once again, we worship a risen Savior. We didn't gather this morning so that we could get a tour bus out here and everybody, let's go out to the graveside of of Buddha or go out to the graveside of Muhammad or go out to the graveside of all these other founders of religion. No, you and I got together this morning so that we could one more time tell each other that we have a risen Savior and that He has begun a work in us and not only begun a work in us, but He will also finish that work in us. What did Paul say he was persuaded? That he was able. To keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That he was able to perform that work in us. You and I cannot do what we need to do, but Christ can do it in us. And we're called together on Sunday mornings as a means of God's grace to remind ourselves once again. Hey, Jesus is risen. He's not, he's not laying in a grave somewhere. He's not laying in a tomb somewhere. When Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came and the earthquake happened, what did they find? He's not here. What did the angel say? I know who you're looking for, but he's not here. He's risen. Before the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ before the finished work of Christ. Is that not what Jesus said on the cross? Did he not say, wasn't his last saying on the cross, it is finished. My work's done. My work's done. Headed back to the house. I'm sitting down. I'll wait till you get here. What are you saying? I'm saying that Jesus Christ began a work in us. And Jesus Christ can perform that work in us. And in reality, in reality, in Christ, He has already performed that work in us. We haven't seen it completed yet. We still see it working. If you were to come here this morning and all I had for you is how much more you need to labor and how much more you need to do and how much more you need to do this, then I've not pointed you in the right direction. You need to be pointed to the one that has finished the work, who has done the work. How do we do that? Because he finished the work in his resurrection. We come together remembering the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when, when we see God, we see Him laboring and then resting. When we see Christ, we see Him performing His work and then He rests. 
But we in Christ find that rest. We have that rest. We're called together this morning to understand that rest so that we can go labor. It's not that we don't labor. It's not that we just sit back on our our, our stools of do nothing. It's not that we sit back and say we don't have to do anything. It's so that we're pointed to the one that did all these things for us and be listen, what does the Bible tell us? We loved him because he first loved us. And it is our love for him that drives us to do for others. Let me ask you this question, and I'm almost done. What are our labors for? Is your labors in this life, is your labors in this life for you? No. Are your labors in this life for God? So that you have it, you, you, so that you have an acceptable plane that you can go before God. Are your labors for that reason? No. Your labors are for one purpose and one purpose only. They're for your neighbor. So that your neighbor sees what? The grace of God. God has chosen today for us to come together to be reminded of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God labors and then He rests. But what does God do for us? He said, come find rest. And after you're well rested, after you're well rested in the grace of God, then you can labor. Then you can show your neighbor. You can show them what? Rest in the grace of God. What a truth that God has given us. What a grace that God has given us that we can come together this morning and gather around the grace of God. Gather around the goodness of God. And in doing so, God equips us to now go out and labor this week. Why? Because we have found rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because His rest is complete. His rest is full. His rest is whole. What was Paul telling them when he walked through the book of Acts chapter number 20? He gave them all the things he had preached unto them and then he commended them unto God. He commended them unto the grace of God. I've told you these truths this morning. But I too, like Paul, want to say, I commend you to God. And we ought to commend one another to God around the truths of God. When do we do that? God has given us this day, the first day, that we could be called together to remember the resurrection, the victorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf so that we can go out and demonstrate that grace before others. Let's pray.